Hey guys, Ashton Gustafson here, and welcome back to another episode of Let the Music Play podcast. This is our 2017 Let the Music Plate sessions where we are getting inside of the mind, the heart, and soul of some of America's leaders in the culinary space. Today, we are joined by Michael Tusk, the executive chef and owner of Quince in San Francisco. Michael has been awarded James Beard uh, Award winner as the best chef Pacific back in 2011. Uh, and also his restaurant is a three-star rated restaurant by Michelin. Uh, this is a guy that knows what he's doing, has a beautiful story, and I can't wait to get inside of, of his mind and heart and soul today and hear what's going on out there in San Francisco. So, chef, welcome to our show. Thanks a lot for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So um, for people that maybe haven't crossed paths with you or either of your restaurants, where do you begin when you introduce yourself and your work in the world? Oh, well, yeah, I kind of grew up in a, um, on the East Coast, New Jersey, and then, you know, spent a lot of time. Uh, some of my extended family had a catering company, so I was always involved in uh, in you know, checking out their business and going to prep there as a young, young kid. And then whether it was, you know, working odd jobs and, um, in, you know, ninth grade to ninth, 10th, 11th grade, dishwashing, making pizza, working for a catering company. You know, I think, uh, the majority of chefs, uh, the beginning of their careers, aren't as uh, glamorous as say, not that a uh, apprenticeship in like a European restaurant, uh, when you're 15, you know, we don't really have that. So you kind of like right. make you trying to scratch and claw, figuring out your way. But I grew up, uh, you know, being able to being exposed to, to, um, you know, restaurants and, and creativity just from being, you know, 20 minutes outside of, Manhattan, but like an hour away from, say, the Hudson River Valley. So I had farms around. I had the ability to to go into the city to see what was going on there food-wise. And that was more along the time period when there was still that uh, large amount of, uh, of uh, you know, older French restaurants that right. have been, been the, the stalwarts of, uh, of, of dining dining in that time period so i was just always exposed to food wine but you know a lot of um, a lot of visiting museums and and uh seeing you know different uh, the arts in a in a way that kind of allowed me to to kind of um you know always had other interests you know besides just just food and i liked uh art in general so i just tried to to kind of combine the different interests in a career that would allow me um, to be creative. And I love to eat. I love to taste different uh, dishes, flavor profiles. Uh, was always very interested in, in anything, you know, that was new and exciting that I hadn't tasted, tasted before. And uh, I think you have to be very curious as a, you know, and young, young kids are curious. So as a aspiring, you know, person who decided to become, uh, get into the hospitality industry and a chef in particular, 
you just have to love food and um, be open to all the different possibilities um, that uh, you're exposed to. And I never, uh, you know, was shy about trying something, something that I found exciting, you know, whether it was a frog leg or a snail, uh, always just love to, to eat. And I think that's what kind of influenced what I decided to do for a living. Well, and so you, you had this proximity, it sounds like, to being near um, food, food preparation at least, um, coupled with your curiosity. That leads you to the Culinary Institute of America, correct? True, but I did, uh, before I decided to go to the Culinary Institute of America, and I used to go there, I used to go there when I was in, uh, you know, seventh, eighth, ninth grade on class trips to go see the students in, in action. We take a big bus to, to the school. So I always had that in the back of my mind, but, but I decided to study art history first. So that led me to, to New Orleans to Tulane University. Right on. And I got a degree in art history from Tulane. And I started to work in restaurants at that time, uh, catering restaurants. There was a lot of food festivals back in that day. Uh, there was always something to do, new restaurant to try. It was a different, uh, um, it wasn't the heyday of like Creole, Cajun um, cuisine, which I think occurred when, you know, Earlier, when I, maybe I was uh, in high school, when like Paul Prudhomme would come to, he moved to New York for that stint and so forth. So, you know, just getting to New Orleans, like it was uh, so different than any place else that I had been to in America regarding food and their love of food and drinking and hospitality and getting around the table. So that had a that had a uh, a huge influence in like my desire to to then. Uh, get into a professional kitchen um, and really was the start of, uh, of something new and exciting um, that I saw just from visiting restaurants and, and working. And then I went to summer school and started working at that time period. And it wasn't so much just that I wanted to cook that type of food, but, but um, just their love of food and wine and, uh, and, uh, and tasting uh, food that was much different than anything that I, I grew up with. So, so that, that really was the, the precursor to, to going to, to back to New York, to the Culinary Institute of America. And uh, I didn't want to just like drop out of, of college to, I would have, you know, maybe have done that if I just had like a, an apprenticeship program where I could have been shipped off to, to Italy or France or, or someplace exciting um, that I wanted to, to learn from a, from a chef. But I decided to go the more traditional route and go to, go to school. And, um, um, you know, uh, I always get to get asked that question. Um, you know, if you were graduating from high school today, what would you do? And uh, I think uh, the circumstances are always, uh, so so different and the time period that we live in is so different than than back then it's a lot more complicated these days with students having to pay off loans and loans and 
and so forth. So, you know, I think culinary institutes are great. And, and it was great for me to, cause I was kind of playing a little bit of catch up that I thought that I wanted to like, you know, move at a faster pace. So by going to school, it helped out. But um, I really like uh, you know, giving the advice to, to it's not for everyone. Um, there's a lot of ways to skin a cat. And I feel like a lot of times I advise young cooks just to, you know, go on a trip to Europe and or Asia or wherever your passion lies, eat and drink. And, and maybe you're lucky enough to get invited into a kitchen. Hmm. Um, and I think you can, you can make up just that exposure to, to something new is, um, is what I like the most out of, uh, you know, even if I'm traveling and I am walking down a street and I look in a, ki- a kitchen, I like to see how, how it's set up, how, where the pass is, like where, where they do basically everything and what the flow is like from the servers to the, the back of the house. And, and I was always curious and, uh, I feel like you're always learning, learning whether you're, you consider yourself a cook or a chef and no matter where I'm at, even, even these days, I love to look inside and see how things work and try to learn something new and different and, and, uh, and just to make things better and that you do that naturally running a kitchen, you know, um, trying to, trying to just kind of make things more efficient and, uh, better for your, the folks that work for you. And at the end of the day, it's really about what's best for the, for the guest. And, uh, but I definitely, uh, took, a an interesting route to get to to where I am today. So when walk me down the road of um, di- didn't you go and, and work overseas for a little bit upon graduating from the Culinary Institute of America? Um, I actually did that after I went to San Francisco. Okay, and then I was working at a restaurant in San Francisco, and I had kind of a freak accident where I was carrying a large rondeau. And I was dropped it off at uh, uh, the uh, dish station and kind of slipped on some moisture and kind of ripped my knee apart. I had like a, had to have like a, a pretty major surgery and do re- rehabilitation. And there was somebody that I knew, uh, a family friend that said, uh, you know, maybe when you're done with your rehab, um, that uh, I know somebody in Berkeley that uh, works with Chez Panisse and maybe you can talk to them. And I just wanted to kind of try something different after, after a year in San Francisco. I was at a uh, stars at the time before the, the uh, earthquake occurred and like a lot of things kind of changed in San Francisco. Uh, a lot of businesses in that neighborhood kind of suffered because of it. But so I moved from, uh, from uh, you know, San Francisco to Berkeley then I was in Berkeley at Chez Panisse for like over four years or so. And then, and then some folks from there set me up with some stages and in France and I was able to stage in different restaurants and travel, travel throughout, uh, you know, Provence and Burgundy and um, Gascony and Ocean Ajan in that area. And then just traveled. And then my French tutor at the time, had gotten deported from the, the States and uh, was living in Paris. So I was able to stay in Paris for a while. So it was really just like exposure and getting into 
getting into different kitchens and and doing what I talked about earlier. I was just seeing something different and not not looking back uh, um, years later and being like I should have done this or or I should have done that. So I always tell the cooks in in either one of the restaurants today to when you have the opportunity to either be sent somewhere from because of your current chef uh, or for whatever reason, have an opportunity to travel. Uh, definitely seize, seize that opportunity. And, and even if it's going away for a couple months or a couple weeks, because um, I know from when I finally got the restaurant open, you know, you're stuck there for, for the first number of years. And I think it was the first six or so years from when we opened that I didn't go anywhere. I didn't do anything. Wow. I was just at a restaurant like seven days a week. You're just trying to survive all the fittest at that point. So um, when you do have the opportunity, whether it's between jobs uh, to go away and cook in somebody else's kitchen or just, or just travel, um, you know, there's more to life and in a kitchen than just like technique and taste. Um, you just need to, have exposure to, to other uh, areas of life that will, will then impact the way you cook, cook. Um, and uh, I feel like that was a, a great, uh, you know, it's just a great thing to do to, to be someplace else. And I love to travel uh, regardless of, of just cooking and, you know, to be able to go to markets and, taste different food products and olive oils and whether it's in Provence or in Spain and to go to museums and live in somebody else's house and see how, you know, folks gather around the dining table. Um, those are the things that you kind of take back with you, those little memories and associations. And then, and then combine with like the art background that I try to like put into, put into, you know, the restaurant or, the dish or parlay something to, to the guest. Wow. So I'd, I'd love to ask you about kind of marrying all of these horizons that you've seen following your nose and curiosity and your educational background and your love of art. It, it seems like your work at Quince has kind of been this platform where all of those passions and curiosities kind of have a template for, 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 for you to express yourself there. Um, would you say that's accurate? Oh yeah, that's definitely true. Without a, without a doubt, I feel like, um, you know, when we moved probably about eight years ago, the first restaurant was pretty, pretty tight, very small. It had about 42 seats. Then I had an opportunity to move, move. And I wasn't really looking to, to move. It was just an opportunity that presented itself to have two restaurants two different styles of dining, two different clientels. Not everybody is into casual dining. Not everybody's into fine dining. So uh, you can enter into one door and get something um, completely opposite at the, the restaurant down the street. Um, one's more direct. One's more uh, Italian. The other one's kind of, I guess, more, I describe it as more about Northern California and about this journey that I was kind of describing hmm. to you. And uh, definitely um, 
it just occurred from I had somebody asked me if I was interested in moving and I I I thought you know this is an opportunity that um, I tried to enlarge our old restaurant by a couple seats but it was prohibitively expensive so this opportunity came up and and uh, you know the food was starting to change and kind of evolve in a way where where it just allowed me to to you know have an everyday restaurant that's more of like a um osteria trattoria very direct the one the one similarity between the two places is is still that we buy you know i've always been like um very interested in in probably from the the time period at chez panisse of um you know buying great products from from building up relationships with with friends and purveyors that i know and like and really getting getting um great products to the table before you know the you know whole farm to table uh slogan kind of came about right i feel like there was a lot of restaurants that that were doing that you know in california you know years before years before that so i definitely learned from that and i wanted to i learned from the forager at chez panisse at the time and that influenced me. So when it was time to have multiple restaurants in one building, you know, it was easy to kind of like parlay the food that I might've done when we first opened to the Catonia side. And then Quint started to become something a little bit uh, different. And I, I liked the opportunity that was presented to, to have like, um, something different you know it's it's um you don't uh, bump into a friend friend 14 years later and say like you're exactly the same like life and uh challenges and opportunities present themselves and you you kind of evolve in a way that's natural and and when we did move right at that that point i was starting to be able to get outside of the kitchen a little bit um i started to regain the ability to travel so where I was pretty like Italian centric about like traveling to Italy, I started to, you know, get the urge to go back to France. So I've been traveling back to France and whether it's uh, Paris or I was in Champagne recently or um, Japan and uh, Spain. And a lot of the time it's through work, work, being a member of Relais Chateau, we have our yearly conference conference so that helped out but uh you know when somebody invites you to to cook with them and it's in a um, part of the world that you haven't been before it's a, it's a great opportunity to like not only for yourself but for your staff members to take them with you to to do something and and um meet another kitchen brigade and and work with them and uh you know it's a lot of work most of the time but it's a great experience that you you never forget. And, and if I can have that effect on a young cook that gets to go cook, you know, in a different country or a different part of the, of the United States and, and uh, expose them to something new and different, then I feel like, uh, you know, that's a role that I really enjoy. So I was able to travel to all those places. And then that started to affect not only the, the food, the wine choices, how we serve the food, 
you know, the plates, the silverware, the, the everything really just kind of changed, changed in a natural fashion. And then moving from a 40 seat restaurant to, to one that has about 68 or so seats, but has a lot more, a lot more wall space allowed me to incorporate more art into the restaurant and to, to go back to the art, art history days and, and ignited a passion on collecting um, like large format photography and photography in general. So now we have probably the largest collection I'd say for a restaurant of large format photography, you know, wow. that I of. And, um, and that was just because of, um, you know, the situation that we were, we were, we were put in and uh, I had uh, one vintage print in the old restaurant from the 1960s and then I suddenly had all this wall space so um, that was definitely um, great just to you know how I can incorporate something from the past into the future and I, I like to keep things fresh and whether it's the feel of the restaurant with my wife and and her ability to change the the design and the decor and so forth and for both of us collecting art and then having friends in the art business that loaned us photography like the Frankel Gallery and Brampton in San Francisco and then they usually end up loaning loaning us art uh, then I get attached to it and we end up buying it for <laughs> the restaurant so but it's like that with uh with um collecting in general and uh I just love to, you know, eat almost every menu change that we have here, we change, I'd say, 70 to 80% of, of, you know, the, the plates and the, the stemware and the markings are all changed. Um, it's always interesting to look back on. Wow. We have plate seller and, and plates that we used, you know, in 2003 compared to now are I still break out the ones from 2003 every now and then and guest requests a lot of those uh you know to do a dish on something that they had back in the day because it may bring back a memory from that time period well love that so, um but we you know just always you know it's great if you look at a even cookbooks you look at what food looked like you know 15 years ago compared to now how it's plated how people eat everything is so yeah. different i think you just have to kind of grasp and be excited by that and and to to really like enjoy enjoy those changes because if you don't then you know your guest is going to be impacted negatively by by you not kind of staying current and you can still stay traditional and do dishes that um uh, you did years ago but, you know, those little changes, I think uh, the modern diner is so aware of, you know, if, if something, the product, uh, the plate, the glassware, they want to know everything and in a very positive way the majority of the time. So, you know, there's really no secrets these days. Everybody can find, find out where you got something from. So we're very open with all that and, and, um, what I forgot to mention was that when we moved, 
I was also in talks with a friend to kind of um, work with him to subsidize his farm. So in the last three years, we've also been able to to harken back to the, the days when I first moved here. Um, and, and the reason why I stayed in California is because of the, the raw products that we have here and seeing, um, seeing a van pull up from, you know, Kennard Farm in Glen Ellen from, from the Chapinese days and being, being told which farmer's markets to go to and who to buy from back in those days um, really led to this decision to have a conversation with Peter Martinelli from Fresh Run Farm in Bolinas and um, um, kind of come up with this idea in which he stays on the farm and farms and which is what he's best at and we support him in any way shape or form in the running of the farm and subsidizing it in a financial way where he doesn't have to do three deliveries a week uh he doesn't have to do sales calls we basically have everything that he grows um now we have uh, csa boxes a little market outside of uh, Catonia on fridays in which we have you know, all the vegetables and fruits for sale uh, with a kind of a, you know, um, just a box where uh, like in the old school days where if you got a dozen eggs and you just threw the money into the, into the Goodwill yeah. box, you yeah. walk down the street, you know, if you decide to come in and have lunch, that's great. But, um, you know, um, they grow what we want. Um, we just built a big 60 foot greenhouse. Um, it's just like a new lease on life for wow. myself, for the cooks, the front of the house, the guests of the restaurant. We're going to be doing events there. Something I saw last summer when I went to a friend's wedding in Stockholm, which is an amazing food city. Uh, absolutely loved it there. Was, uh, uh, you know, uh, a local garden in Stockholm. Um, I think it was the Rosenfeld Garden, something like that. Um, just a great like experience in the middle of Stockholm. They had a lot of greenhouses and they would be doing like events inside the greenhouses, uh, lunches and dinners. And you'd see like beekeepers walking by and there's a fruit orchard outside and then like a little restaurant. So we're kind of adapting a little bit of that model to, to provide not only our, our employees with that education. Yesterday, we closed the restaurant for the day. And uh, one of the restaurants, Catonia, is open for every day of the week. So it's always like hard to get employees there. So we just closed the restaurant, did repairs and maintenance in the restaurant, and then allowed, you know, a field trip to the farm. Just the education that um, is imparted upon um, the employees and the guests of the restaurant that we invite up there also is, uh, is amazing. So trying to do events up at the farm. It's a malted farm, so it's under the Marin Agricultural Land Trust. So the farmland has been deeded, deeded, and it'll never change from being, being uh, uh, a farm. This one's been a certified organic farm for over 20 years. Wow! So that connection is is amazing. Um, it's uh, uh, extremely interesting to see the inner workings of 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 what Peter does, what we need, where we can kind of meet in the middle. Uh, and uh, like what the challenges that a young farmer would have today uh, are 
it's tough. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. It's tougher than I'd say running a, you know, a restaurant is hard to run. A kitchen's difficult to run, uh, especially in a city like San Francisco where, where it's become fairly prohibitively expensive for, for, you know, younger, younger chefs and, uh, to, to work in just because, uh, uh, it's hard to find, uh, the housing situation is, is quite difficult and, and that's changed. And I think that there's, which is more of a tribute to, to like, um, the food scene in the United States, uh, compared to, you know, even five, 10 years ago, right. You know, there's great food in Portland, Maine. There's great food in Seattle, Portland, Oregon, you know, Nashville, uh, Austin, like, you know, Detroit's like having a comeback as a, as like a, a city where younger, younger people, um, would want to move to. And there's so many options for, for, for hospitality, um, professionals to go to, which I think is, is great. You know, Charlottesville, there's just like, or, um, you know, um, like there's just, a. That's probably not a great example, but I haven't actually, <laughs> I meant to say, uh, uh, like Charleston, South Carolina, uh, Charleston, Charleston. Yeah. that's a great food scene. Yeah. Uh, loved it there. Um, I've been able to do events there. Um, LA is great. There's just like so many different, uh, you know, Colorado, I'm going to do a, do a dinner at Frasca and Boulder in December with friends there. Um, you know, you have, um, the opportunities for, for a young, uh, um, you know, chef or, or any part of the food um, business is uh, is so diverse these days. Yeah. So it's a little bit more difficult for 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 major cities like uh, New York, Chicago, San Francisco. But it's great if you're starting your career and you can, um, you know, basically have so many parts of the country that have have uh, interesting food. And I think it's a real tribute to, to, you know, uh, the quality of, uh, of the cuisine in the United States these days that, that, you know, has changed. And, uh, um, it's great. It's harder. It's harder in a major city, but, um, if I was, uh, you know, trying to decide where to, where to cook at, uh, and it was 20 years ago, um, I would definitely have so many options, um, and I think uh, that uh, that's a that's a great thing for for um, the United States in terms of um, how we're thought of on the worldwide stage with with food right. and uh, dining. Uh, that wasn't really like that 20 years ago. So it's quite a tribute to not only the restaurant scene, but the farmers in the United States. And and um, it's uh, there's a lot of interesting things that are going on. Uh, it- and as long, yeah, and you've been in the game a long time. Isn't it beautiful to see this conscious connection happening between farmer, chef, and even at the customer experience level? Like everyone collectively is kind of waking up um, to just this this exchange of beauty, the sus the, the sustainability conversation, um, the. Uh, kind of the the local conversation. Like I think it's just an amazing time that uh, the ingredients, the flavor, the experience. Like it's just a beautiful thing that's transpiring at this moment. Oh, I couldn't agree more. It's uh, it's very exciting. 
that's what makes it so exciting when um, you get invited to, to, you know, whether it's cooking or you're just traveling, traveling. You know, I hadn't been to New Orleans since I went to, to school there. So that was a, that was a while back and I hadn't been post Katrina hmm. and like to see, um, you know, how that city has recovered and uh, how many restaurants there are and not just restaurants of like really great quality and, and younger chefs and, and just the South in general, just like they're, they're, you know, because they always have the historical roots to, to, in history behind their, their, um, their cuisine more so than like some other parts of the country, but the burgeoning food scene there, you know, is just, uh, it's just great to see. It's so exciting to, to visit, um, you know, those parts of the country, um, and, um, meet the different chefs and their farmers and whether it's the Southern Food Alliance or, you know, slow food or there's so many different, uh, um, great things that are happening. And the awareness issue is, is definitely like the guest is, uh, is just so much more inquisitive and interested in, in everything. And, um, I love that part about it. It's, uh, that is, um, you know, we try to bring the guests into the into the kitchen for a course as many times in the evening as we can wow. um, on the Quint side. And, uh, you know, it's just a very great thing to see because, you know, they're not expecting to, to come in and they get to see how the kitchen's organized, the different stations, where everything comes from, uh, how the menu is designed to work around the different stations in the kitchen, how many employees that we might have, how many of them are, you know, they, they love to hear everything. Where did, where did most of the, the kitchen crew come from? And it's so diverse that, you know, like right now I have a, I have, um, you know, a new visa, visa, uh, um, chef from, uh, from Malaysia. I have one from, you know, Korea. I have one coming from France. I have, and that's just to build up the, that kind of spirit inside the kitchen to, to learn from, from each other. You know, I've had, I've had employees from, from, from Germany, uh, from all around the world that, um, uh, I really like to, to, to work with, um, with different uh, chefs, even if it's their first, uh, you know, Singapore, Hong Kong, wherever it is, it's just like nice to, to provide that opportunity, not only for them to come and cook in a different kitchen, live in a different city for, for a year or so, but that exposure from the rest of um, the rest of the kitchen team. Um, it's the same thing in the front of the house. We've got some folks that are working for us from all around the world, Italy and so forth. Um, just that camaraderie about, you know, something that they may make for staff meal or a wine that they may drink or, or a technique that they may have. Um, that's what makes thing, you know, you have to do things like that to keep, keep um, the restaurant exciting and fresh for, for your own team and for, for the guests that come dine with you. 
you've got a super high value for, for new experiences, for learning, uh, for new horizons, don't you? Definitely. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes you need to, to, um, um, you can send something in a particular individual, maybe a hesitancy to take the next step, whether it's in their career or just, uh, you know, I, I always advise, you know, everybody that's in, in, you know, the front or the back of the house to, to, I mean, you don't have to leave for, for an entire year, but if you're, you want to travel, then, you know, and also being a member of like Relay Chateau, we have the ability to, to send, you know, and, and trade out different employees so that you can get a different experience. Wow. Yeah. I think that, wow. that exposure at an early age, um, I never want anybody to, to not have that experience and then look back on their career, you know, and say, I really should have gone to work in Kyoto or I should have, um, I really wanted to do this, but I didn't do that because you kind of, you kind of blink in, in this profession and, you know, five or 10 years have gone by and then you may have started your own restaurant. You may have started a family. Um, and your time is starting to kind of get limited and it gets harder to, to step outside of those responsibilities. So, 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 you know, take the, take the opportunity, especially when you're younger to, to, um, you know, stay at restaurants for, for an extended period of time, but, you know, have an honest conversation with your chef. And then as long as you're upfront about it, then, then I feel like, um, those chefs will do nothing but support support younger chefs and in, in their the challenges that they have, but also help them out to you know move in a in a positive direction with their career career and and all it takes is one one person to change like your the direction of your career one chef that can be a mentor you know uh, one person in in any particular point of the restaurant that, that you kind of latch onto as a, like a sponge. And then, and then your, your whole career and life can take a, a positive, positive turn. If you, if you believe in something or, or you just that one little spark that's needed. And that's what makes uh, restaurant life exciting is that, you know, you may have wanted to, to cook a certain style of food, five years ago and then you look back on what you're doing now and it, it can be dramatically different and you know neither one is uh is right or wrong it's just like your personal passion for for where you want to head in head in and and you know it could be a, a trip to the museum that changes some you know you know something that you see yep. and anything really yep. that uh can change your uh your your the way you look at, at food and wine and life in general love it that transcends the, the food industry as well. I mean, that's a universal. Without um, a doubt. You know. Um, so, James Beard Award for Best Chef Pacific. Michelin gives you a three-star rating. I mean, this is the, this is, this is, I mean, the top of Mount Everest. Where, where do you go from here? Like, how do you channel this curiosity, uh, this, this eye for art, this passion for what you do, um, what what keeps you going each day? Well, I think recently 
the the um, the challenge of how to make a you know this farm work for for I love that a, I love that you're today. backing those guys. Yeah, today and and the future is uh, uh, that is uh, that's a great great challenge just um, to to take on because uh, of the education it provides for the staff. The, you know, we planted potatoes four months ago. The you know the, the employees were able to go up and harvest them the other day. Um, that challenge is a great one, just how it affects the the food. Um, just um, I think you can't uh, ever get complacent in 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 this business. You have to kind of rise to to different challenges. Um, just because you win an award or somebody gives you a review that can change uh that can change very very quickly so you just have to be aware that like you know you have to keep on pushing pushing and challenging your team yourself um everybody around you um that uh you can't take anything for granted and and um that's what i try to you know um impart on the the team and and i don't really get to I try to stay uh, even keeled in regards to any of that. And I don't, I don't, uh, I know that, uh, that how quickly things can kind of change. So, so, you know, just because you had a great service one night doesn't mean like you get too high or too low. You just need to, you need to like, it's that consistency that you try to build on a daily basis on how to make things better and uh, to really challenge the team to, to not get ahead of themselves. Um, and uh, you know it's nice to win an award, but uh, it doesn't mean much the next day when um, you know there's 75 guests coming in for dinner on one side and you know 300 on the other restaurant and and you have to be prepared for that that and I think it's really uh, the freshness factor of of doing things with integrity and and um, challenging your team and challenging yourself and really um, not getting too ahead of yourself um, because kicking quickly, you know, it's kind of like a farm, you know, that whole um, you have, we had, I got kind of excited from this last year with uh, um, it's a coastal farm. So we have a lot of, you know, the peas and fava beans for a California coastal farm do just did like amazing. Like you can take an English pea, shell it, put it right into the pan, the blanching necessary. It was the sweetest thing ever. I had never tasted a pea that tasty. Our fava beans were amazing. Um, I started planning ahead for our, 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 you know, our plantings for the next year. Um, more, more perennials rather than annuals. The greenhouse what was that going to do and then i was looking towards the, the spring harvest and we had like the wettest winter and i think peter said that it was the third highest like rainfall in 123 years where wow. the farm located and uh of course we lost like all those early plantings the tractor was getting stuck in the in the mud, you know, it took forever to get anything 
So the first, while I had projected the first, you know, quarter of the year to be kind of similar to last year when it was drier, drier since we were going through a drought, um, that didn't quite occur. So it just reminded me of like, you know, the restaurant business in general. It's pretty humbling, you know, you kind of get ahead of yourself and you're, you're wanting to, to believe that like things are going to stay, stay consistent in a certain way. And it's never really like that. There's always twists and turns and surprises. It's a restaurant that, that, you know, restaurants in general, you know, um, it's really about the people that are working for you and how successful you're going to be is really dependent upon uh, the team that you put together and uh, things happen very quickly. So I think the, the best bit of advice that I give to all the younger generation of chefs is to, to, you know, once you make it through that first year, it's one thing, but like even the first, second, third year, like, like, you know, things are so dramatically different from year five. And I feel like starting a restaurant is, uh, is amazing, but you have to also have like a five and a 10 year, year plan because, because, um, you know, the world's changing around you, you know, the city that you're, you're working in is changing and you just have to be, uh, ready to make fast changes at any given time period. Uh, and, and like, it's kind of like you're in a kitchen. You just need to make adjustments. You just need to make adjustments like, like life and, and make, make fast adjustments, you know, be decisive, uh, be passionate about, about what you believe in. And then, um, good things will, will happen the majority of the time, but you have to be prepared for, for different scenarios and run, run, um, you know, call an audible here and there if something, something isn't working and do it quickly. Not yet. I think if you get complacent, then, then that leads to, um, your team getting complacent and, and then they're not pushing. And then there's that rest, there's a restaurant down the street that's like, you know, will overtake you or, just always be aware, like focus on what you're doing in your own house and then, and that good things will occur, but always be aware that like, um, you know, it's just a very, it's a very volatile business and and restaurants don't, you know, last for, for, you know, you don't have like the, the, the old school restaurants that are around for, for, you know, 20, 30, 40, 40 years people people move on they get they get burnt out a little bit faster faster everything is so different with uh with social media the elements of surprise um reading a review of a restaurant that you didn't hear about in your own city is it's harder for 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 younger chefs to to open up a restaurant and, and have you know when we opened up the original restaurant uh there wasn't like, uh, you know, social media presence that that is 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 out there these days, and a lot of it's super positive. Like, you know, I can tell one of my cooks to to go on YouTube and and learn how to make, uh, you know, a certain type of pasta, or or watch a Japanese chef, you know, filleting a fish in a certain way. That is great. The education is amazing but temper that with also, you know, um, there's so many outlets for people to, you know, um, 
to critique you or, or, you know, not come to your, your restaurant and, and write a review, like all sorts of weird things you see, yeah. Yeah. You see that everywhere. So, you know, not to, not to read all of it and, and, you know, channel the positive ones and, and, and sometimes when, when it's harder to, to read, just kind of like believe in what you, you believe in at that, at that moment. And then if you're happy with what you're doing, then again, I guarantee you, uh, your staff and your guests will be happy. Uh, but it's, it's very difficult for, 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 you know, your staff and your, your team, when you open up a brand new place these days, it's, uh, it's so incredibly, um, different than it was that and I love I love the element of actual surprise where you know you're walking down you're walking down a street and you see a restaurant that that may be prepping to get open and and you don't know about it or or you look in the interior and it looks great or you see their kitchen you know being designed and or you know or any type of store in general like that um it's so uh uh, out there these days in terms of, you know, the pre-opening, the opening, the, you know, like what the, what the narrative is. A lot of the time it, it changes, you know, by the time you get open, you have to, you have to tweak things in a certain way that you thought you wanted to do, do something and it may be, maybe a little bit more conducive to, to, to switch things up. And, and, uh, uh, you know, it's those adjustments that we spoke about earlier which uh which need to be made and quickly so it's uh it's very fascinating I, evolution and process is the name of the game yeah you know being in uh the like uh you know the capital here of like tech and and all the changes that have occurred occurred and how they relate to just the city of san francisco and and food is secondary to all of that but they definitely meet in the middle for a lot of different, uh, you know, a lot of different uh, ways. You know, 15 years ago, you didn't have somebody being dropped off, uh, you know, with a, a car app and and had a, you know, people would bring bring cameras with tripods into restaurants and <laughs> everything is like, you know, faster. And there wasn't whether it was Instagram or or this and that. And these are, you know. Um, um, a lot of, uh, you know, local companies that, that have affected, you know, the way, you know, people get to restaurants and how they dine in restaurants. So, um, it's very fascinating. I, uh, I, uh, when you think back on it and, uh, and, 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 uh, just take a step back and realize like how different it is from when like we opened our doors, like nobody knew what we were even doing doing it was just uh, there wasn't uh there wasn't uh um they're opening in three months this is what this is the kind of food this is the kind of design this is the location there was none of that you were you were able to just open up a restaurant and through word of mouth you know you'd have somebody that spoke to somebody else and then there was a review in a in a an actual newspaper so uh, it's harder for 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 businesses in general to have that element of like um surprise and i feel like the element of surprise in a meal and and it is something that i really really enjoy that you weren't expecting something and 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 it was either 
surpassed your expectations and you thought it was was uh more interesting and and had different flavors than you were expecting so so uh, yeah it's a very uh, uh i looked at old menus from when we opened it because they were attached to i was in our storage unit and i found those and it's pretty interesting to to see even from like a financial perspective of like what your menu prices were were 15 years ago and what they are now and and um while all of it's you know all of it i feel is uh is is really uh very interesting to to take a step back and and look at how things have changed wow well, I tell you, um, from afar, I haven't experienced either one of your restaurants, but I do hope to make my way there very soon. And um, for our listeners that have uh, discovered you, what's the best way for them to find out more about what you're doing in your restaurants? I think one of the websites is quincerestaurant.com. Is that right? Correct. Awesome. There's SF, I think, .com. And then uh, we have some Instagram accounts for both... Uh, um, Catonia and Quince, um, that you can see a lot of the, uh, you know, whether it's, uh, dishes from either one of the restaurants, the, the farm, we have a lot of, um, postings from, from the farm. Um, then, uh, um, uh, yeah, I try to constantly kind of, um, keep that refreshed. Uh, but probably, yeah, those are the best, uh, the best ways to, keep current with what we're up to beautiful well let me say uh, on behalf of all of us we're thankful for your good and necessary work uh very thankful for your generosity and sharing with us and like i said i hope one day i can shake your hand and uh, come experience the beauty that you're making out there i'd love to love to have you as a guest uh anytime you're in the bay area please keep in touch with me hope i didn't uh talk too much perfect and uh and uh, I enjoyed the conversation, and thanks a lot for having me on. All right, my, all right, my friend. We'll talk soon. All right, you have Howdy. a great day. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave us a review. Our goal at Let the Music Play podcast is to bring as much insight and inspiration to the world that we can, and by leaving a review, you will help us in doing our little part in making the world tune up to a great, big, and lovely song. <laughs>